We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Indochino is the world's largest made-to-measure menswear brand. They make suits, shirts, coats, and more, and everything is made to your exact measurements for a great fit. Plus, you get to personalize all the little details, including your own lapel, lining, and even your own monogram. If you saw it during the NBA draft, which I know this is a football podcast, but we've got sports fans in the building. And if you did watch the NBA draft, you probably saw RJ Barrett. Yes, what he was wearing, that awesome pink suit, that was Indochino. RJ Barrett's brand new collection with Indochino just dropped, and it's featuring limited edition fabrics and jacket linings that RJ helped pick out himself. So when you go to Indochino, the simple process makes it the best. You choose your fabric, you pick your customizations, and you submit your measurements, or you could even go in and get measured and design your own suit at their nearest showroom. They're all over the place. You can find all of those locations at Indochino.com. And right now, you can get $30 off your total purchase of $3.99 or more at Indochino.com when entering code BLUEWIRE at checkout. Plus, shipping is absolutely free. That's Indochino.com, promo code BLUEWIRE for $30 off your total purchase of $3.99 or more. Incredible deal for made-to-measure clothing. You really have no excuse anymore to wear clothes that don't fit. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Dynasty Streetcast on Rotoviz Radio, brought to you by our friends at Indochino. 
Harry's and Roman, a trio of the good guys this week. And I am joined by another good guy, my good friend, Dan Senyo. How's it going tonight, Dan? Wow, I got a good guy drop? Awesome. I, I always thought I was more of a villain, but I will absolutely take good guy. I, I'm all about it. I'm happy we're we're in the midst of it. Uh, once again, recording during Monday night. Got a good football game going on. And uh, we had a, an interesting weekend, an interesting Sunday, an interesting Thursday. Some surprisingly good football being played. There's some crap mixed in, but I'm excited for some of these topics. We don't get to touch on a lot of these guys like we're going to talk about today, so I'm, I'm excited. Yep, we've got a good slate of Week 10 topics. I'm excited to get into it, uh, but I'm also excited to let you guys know about our good friends, our, ourselves, Rotoviz. Get involved with Rotoviz by getting a Rotoviz subscription by going to rotoviz.com slash podcast. Get 10% off on a Rotoviz pass. Get you unlimited access to all of our NFL content and tools so you get amazing value and support the podcast network. Once again, it's rotoviz.com slash podcast. And what should they do on Patreon, Dan? Well, on Patreon, you know, we're we're looking for our 50 subs on Patreon. And once we get there, they're going to give away an NFL pass. And I believe it covers two seasons. So if you're not in there yet and, and you're maybe looking at getting in there into the Patreon and, and helping support the team, the first 50 all have a shot at getting a an NFL pass. So definitely get in there. And like we, we've talked about before with the Slack and, and all of the stuff, it's you get a lot of value for very little. So there's there's definitely some good stuff to go there. Plus, it, it kind of helps us out and, and keeps us you know wanting to do this and, and keeps us coming back. It feeds Nathan. That's that's the big that's the real key. I, d- I did have carrots for dinner tonight, so I don't, I don't know what that tells us. <laughs> uh, but we'll get into the show with a pair of guys. I think both these guys have kind of g- gained value in the last couple weeks. Certainly one of them. It's Mason Rudolph and James Washington. Uh, the Steelers did beat the Rams at home and James Washington probably had the best game of his career scoring a touchdown, his second touchdown of his career, his first one since like week three of his rookie year. And then of course, Mason Rudolph, he, Mason Rudolph has been doing just enough to not be bad. You know, he hasn't really flashed quite yet. I think that's coming in, in the next few weeks, maybe get some, some poor opponents. Some people have been talking about how, you know, the, the Steelers have a path to the playoffs with just how bad their upcoming schedule is. And they're sitting at, sitting at like five and four or so. So, or, yeah, I guess that sounds right. Uh, so what are, your, what are your thoughts on Rudolph and, and Washington right now? Well, last week I was I was kind of feeling almost done with Mason Rudolph. Not like, like he's the worst quarterback in the world or anything like that. But I feel like we've gotten to the point where we know that, that once Ben's healthy, obviously next season, it's Ben's team. And that doesn't necessarily mean that Mason Rudolph wouldn't get a job in the future or, or become a starter, you know, beyond Ben. But I, I don't see I don't see a transcendent talent. I don't see somebody that's making anyone better around him. But then this week he he looked a little more serviceable, still relatively inefficient, but he's he's getting the ball down the field a little bit more and, and making use of what are some pretty solid targets. He he just he doesn't really feed them the way he should. And obviously the way Juju Smith's uh, Schuster's year has gone, not taking advantage of his top receiver, but Deontay Johnson and James Washington, I think are, are proving to be much more than maybe what folks had thought. And specifically talking about James Washington, I, I think most folks were relatively high on him coming out. I was definitely one of them. 
I, I liked what he brought to what he brought to the offense in a little more of a compact, you know, type receiver. You know, a lot of guys like their big six four, six five receivers. Well, James Washington isn't exactly that guy. He's he's your five eleven, two ten, kind of built like a running back, but he, I mean, he can play a big role. And we've seen in the last month of the season here his target share kind of maintaining. He's he's getting six to seven ish targets. I think Indy was the only game he didn't have that number, but he was uh, four for four and had seventy yards that game. So. I think we're seeing Washington's role grow as the offense and Mike Tomlin continue to trust him and, and kind of get him worked in. So I think James Washington is is moving up. I still think he can be had for cheap. I think Deontay Johnson is the one where we might be getting to sell high point. Even though he really hasn't done anything, there's this kind of underlying value that people seem to be kind of shooting him to the moon when he's not – he hasn't done enough yet, and and then we get to Juju, and I I'd never been insanely high on him, but I think it you know when he was getting into that wide receiver one conversation, when AB was around, and it it's it's a totally different thing. He doesn't have Ben, he doesn't have AB, and it's clear that defenses can can scheme against him and completely take him away. So yeah, I, I think I think I'm probably fading most of the offense, but. I think James Washington can still be had for a nice price. And I think if I'm going after someone, it's him. Yeah, I do agree with that. Um, you kind of talked past it a little bit, but the, when you were talking about his body type, it does remind me of a classic dynasty trade cast moment where <laughs> we were talking about him pre-draft and you and I both very high on him pre-draft and you're, and you're shaking your head. Yes. Cause you remember this moment, Eric Burtzlaff said he's like an AJ green type, right? And we're both like, we what? love James Washington, <laughs> not an AJ Green type. <laughs> so shout out to that moment in Tradecast history. Love but, you, Eric. Yes, uh, but I, I do think he's looked much better in the last couple of weeks than you know he hasn't really had much success in the NFL level. He has been much better this year than he, he in his rookie season. He didn't look like a competent NFL wide receiver. He is at least looking like that in in year two, even with you know four to you know mediocre QB play at best. But I do think that obviously a lot of people make make a, a bit about the connection of Oklahoma State, Oklahoma State. They played, they were you know teammates their whole college careers as well. But I, I do think that's that's a legitimate thing at, at this at this point in the season and at this at the comfortability of Rudolph. So I do think that as he grows developmentally throughout the season, and I, I know you said that this is Ben's job when he comes back. I do, and this might be the fact that I have quite a few Mason Rudolph superflex shares, but. I do think there is an element of if they do make the playoffs, if they do win a playoff game or two, the Steelers might say, hey, Ben, like you're, you're great and all, but we kind of want to see what we have for the future. I, 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 do, I do think at this point it is more likely than not that Ben gets the job back, but I do think it's within, within the range of outcomes that Rudolph does keep the job. For sure. All right, let's go on to our next topic, which is – the Buccaneers offense with Ronald Jones and OJ Howard. Ronald Jones was proclaimed the RB1. I believe it was a sh- it was shortly before we recorded last week. You know, Bruce Arians kind of gave him the nod like, hey, he's our RB1 now. And he had his, his most volume of the season against uh, who the Bucks crap, who the Bucks play? Oh, Cardinals against the Cardinals. So with this newfound volume, I, I discussed how I don't think he's that good of a talent uh, in the last couple of weeks. 
Uh, what did you think of his performance on Sunday? 2.64 yards per carry. Well, we all know that yards per carry is not a good stat, but I feel like the, the Arizona rush defense did a good job, whether it was Barber or Jones. So I don't really think we can take much from this. Seeing him get the carries was, was nice, but the big takeaway for me here was the eight targets, eight catches, and 77 yards. This is something we definitely haven't seen yet from Ronald Jones or from Bruce Arians in this um, sometimes hideous Jameis Winston offense. It's, it's a super volatile offense. We, we never really know what we're getting. But from the looks of it, I would say we know we're going to be getting a little bit more consistent Ronald Jones. This um, The last few weeks here, his his minimum carry share has been 11 carries last week. He had 18 and then he went 18 for 67, which still, again, if you like the yards per carry stat, that's fine. It wasn't quite there, but he is scoring. And if he's going to still be involved in the passing game, that's huge. That's where you're getting your floor. You don't have to be the best running back between the tackles because I still think that we're going to get a decent dose of Peyton Barber but Ronald Jones is a better pass catcher than Peyton Barber is. And I don't think he's losing that portion of his job. Yeah, I do think that it is a positive to have him involved in the passing game, mostly because I think that if he's going to be a successful NFL player, it's going to be in space. It's going to be with the ball in his hands as a pass catcher more so than between the tackles. So, I mean, obviously that, that's kind of the way that most the, you know, the current NFL running back is trending anyways. But I, I don't I still don't think we're going to see like a successful traditional running back uh, from Ronald Jones. But he doesn't have to be in order to be like, you know, an RB2 in the future. So I do think that it's a matter of he's going to have the volume for the rest of the season. That's a good thing. And it's a high volume offense uh, with Bruce Arians and James Winston throwing the ball like 80 times a game. And touching on OJ Howard, just quick, obviously, all offseason, everyone was either really high or really low. The folks that ignored the Arians lack of usage at tight end are the guys that or and gals that have been beating their drum throughout the entire season when we haven't really had oj howard they either hasn't been healthy or they haven't used him and not like this was some crazy performance but i feel like this is something we could see weekly a four for 47 and a touchdown Obviously, the touchdown is is kind of where you're looking for your big points from tight end. Uh, it is nice to see them with some volume. But this isn't an outlandish line. This isn't something where it's like, well, we'll never see that again. I feel like this can maintain. They just have to keep him involved. And it's clear that they still like having Cameron Bright for whatever reason. But O.J. Howard's going to be on the field. He He's a fantastic blocker. He's a really good football player all in all. They just need to take advantage of his of his receiving ability more than they have. And and if we can see him with five or six targets weekly, he's not going to get back to that like white or tight end one, two, three, four range that everyone was like projecting him into. But I think he can really solidify himself in that mid tight end one uh, area and, and regain some value that's much, much needed. And I do think that Bruce Arians is the type of coach that's like he rewards past performance to where, you know, early on the season when he's like 
O.J. Howard's doing nothing because he hasn't been playing well. Well, he's going to see the touchdown. He's going to see the, the, the four catches. He's like, okay, he's been playing well. He's trying to get the ball in his hands. So I do think that the past performance will result in, you know, more volume over the next couple of weeks. But I do think that it, there's still limited upside. I don't think that, that a Bruce Arians offense is going to produce like a 10 target game for a tight end very often. And that's kind of what you're looking for in terms of like a high upside top five O.J. Howard. Um, so still a bit worrisome long term. And honestly, like if and I, I've always been I'm always an advocate of trying to sell sell on tight ends. They're being valued as top five tight ends. And if someone is kind of turning around to like say, oh, like, you know, this is the big turnaround for OJ. I think this might actually be a slight sell opportunity because I am still a bit worried long term about him getting the passing volume that he needs. No doubt. Before we go to our next topic, let's uh, hear from our friends at Harry's and Roman. Humans have been shaving for thousands of years, and the secret to a great shave? Well, it hasn't changed much. The Greeks didn't need flex balls or heated handles, and neither do you. That's why Harry's doesn't overcharge to add gimmicky features to their razors. They focus on delivering what actually matters, sharp, durable blades at a fair price. Now, in my experience, not only are those razors great, but that shave gel is where it's at. That's what you need in your life. Awesome blades that are better than anything on the market, and the shave gel to keep your face hydrated. Harry's is a return to the essential quality, durable blades at a fair price. That's just $2 per blade. They've cut out the middleman, manufacturing their blades in German blade factories that have been honing precision blades for a century. That's insane. This means you get incredibly high quality blades at factory direct prices. Harry's is super convenient. Blade refills are delivered directly to your door on your schedule with or without a subscription. And there's no risk to you if you're trying them out. If you don't love your shave, let them know. They'll give you a full refund. Dynasty Tradecast listeners, make sure you go to harrys.com forward slash blue wire to get yourself a weighted ergonomic handle for firm grip, five blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel with aloe to keep your skin hydrated, and a travel blade cover to keep your razor dry and easy to grab on the go. Again, go to harrys.com forward slash blue wire and start shaving better today. Talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually we just brush it off or blame ourselves saying things like, I lost my mojo. Or we avoid it altogether with excuses like, I had a long day at work. Or, sorry honey, I'm just not feeling it. Or if you're like Nathan, you get home from work and say, oh, sorry honey, I've got to record this podcast. Or, sorry honey, i got to make bad trade offers. Thankfully, with Roman, it's easy to talk about. With a real doctor who can prescribe real medication, it's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your own home. The doctor will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is just so easy. Go to roman.com forward slash blue wire and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with a doctor and take care of it. Just get to roman.com slash blue wire to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's getroman.com slash blue wire for a free visit to get started. Getroman.com slash blue wire. 
And we will continue on to our next topic, and it is a stock down in one Todd Gurley. This whole Rams offense has been disappointing outside of Cooper Cup, but even Cooper Cup was disappointing in his trip to Pittsburgh with a bagel, a zero. Mike Tomlin at his press conference, I think it was here Sunday or, or Monday morning, uh, they were like, oh, how did you uh, uh, stop Cooper Cup? He's like, we stopped Cooper Cup? Like, he didn't even notice that, that Cooper Cup wasn't on the field. Or, you know, he was on the field. He just wasn't getting the, the production, obviously, that we've seen from Cooper Cup in recent weeks. And, of course, that's the first game back after I called him a possible first-round startup asset. But we're not talking Cup right now. But he's his, If his stock is down at all, go bye, bye, bye. Uh, but nobody is that dumb. So <laughs> Todd Gurley stock down. It. I feel like he kind of lived off of his touchdown production early in the season to say, oh, he's not done yet. He's still, you know, a low-end RB1 or, or maybe high-end RB2. But we still aren't seeing the pop. We're not seeing the hundred yard performances. We're not seeing the large amount of volume that, that you'd hope from a guy that you're probably taking in the third or fourth round of a startup. Uh, how worried are you about Todd Gurley right now? Less worried than you, apparently. I mean, he's still, it wasn't a big game by any means, but he went 12 for 73. Yes. We didn't get any catches, but neither did Cooper cup, uh, no touchdowns, which obviously doesn't help, but, this this isn't the same Rams offense that we've seen. They haven't made their their move. They haven't adjusted. Everyone else has adjusted. Everyone else figured them out. Everyone else realized that all this offense is is Sean McVay audibling into Jared Goff's head and then them doing whatever that happens. So once the audible happens, the defense adjusts, and now they're stuck because Jared Goff can't do this alone. And when the defenses scheme against Cooper Cup, they take him away. When they scheme against Todd Gurley, they take him away. Defenses can take any single player away that they want, unless it's Mike Thomas, apparently. And it's for for me, we just once this Rams offense gets back rolling, doing what I don't think they're ever going to get back to what they were. But if they can get back to let's say 75, 80 percent of what they were, which I think is reasonable, we're going to see all of these guys their stat lines get back to respectable. Now, is Todd Gurley going to be 2018 or, you know, whatever elite Todd Gurley was? No, he's he's not. Because they have Daryl Henderson, even Malcolm Brown, when when healthy, is is a factor. So I think, I think we move Gurley down if we haven't already, but I don't think because of this game we move him further down. I think he's a low-end RB1. But we've got a hold there just because of what could be. Yes, it's potentially a losing proposition, but I still think it's there. We just need L.A. to kind of take their heads out of their asses and, and figure this out. How many rookies will be taken over to Todd Gurley in uh, February ADP? Uh, Dondre Swift and Jonathan Taylor, two. That's it? No Judy? No. Well, oh, I'm, I'm just thinking running backs. Oh, yeah. um, well, when you include wide receivers, I would say like six. So you're, you're saying uh, in February, Gurley's going to be worth the 107? Potentially, depending on landing spots. I mean, all of that's it's hard to, yeah. to say that now. But, I mean, if there's any decent landing spots, you, there's, you legitimately could stake claim for four or five of those guys without question to go in front of them. Yeah, I don't think that you can get an early first for him right now, but I do think that if you get a, a good game or two before the play, the fantasy playoffs start, that this would be your last possible chance to sell Gurley for for an early to, to early mid first. 
Yeah, if you've got a contender knocking on the door, like, hey, what do you want for Gurley? I think I think selling now is just fine. Obviously, like you said, you're not going to get that high-end return that you maybe would have gotten last year. But we, he's not dead, like everybody wanted to believe when they drafted Daryl Henderson. He's probably closer to death than he is <laughs> previous Todd Gurley. But um, there's still production to be had and, and plenty of touchdown production when this offense gets rolling. All right, let's go on to the Giants offense. We have some Saquon Barkley takes and some Darius Slayton takes. I think the Slayton takes are more interesting, so I'll start with that one. This is the the classic case that I I say pretty much whenever it happens, and occasionally it bites me in the butt, but I think it's guy who's taking advantage of volume in a offense that doesn't have a ton of targets right now. Obviously, you have Golden Tate, who had a huge game as well, but Ingram's been out most of the year, and they've been a team that, has been trailing in most of their games. So there's, there's the volume there. I think that when the giants get a better early run weapon or a better, or a, you know, free agency wide receiver, Slayton ends up taking a backseat and not being a top two, you know, NFL team wide receiver. I think it's a just fine long-term, like number three NFL wide receiver, you know, wide receiver four, maybe in fantasy. Um, and certainly that's not where he was valued two days ago. So he was valued as basically waiver wire, but he might be on the waiver wire in leagues right now, but in the short term, I think that he's an interesting option, you know, in leagues where you start five or six wide receivers. But I, I think that if anyone's valuing him as like a, you know, a second round pick, I'll, I'll take the second round pick over him right now. Uh, where are you at on Slayton? Slayton's an interesting one because even going back a few weeks to, well, quite a few weeks, back to week five, when they played Minnesota, and that was kind of you know, the the first real week we got to see him kind of really put out there against some, I mean, the, the Vikings were playing uh, Xavier Rhodes against him, and he was roasting Xavier Rhodes consistently. And it, it didn't lead to a massive stat line, but if you watch him when he's out there, he's a good enough route runner where his speed and explosiveness just completely overwhelms the defensive backs. I mean, he's a 4-3 something guy he was a fifth round pick he's got a massive catch radius he, he's he's only six one but he's he's feels like he's kind of long for only six one he always seems like he plays bigger than that so he's an interesting one i, I think yeah a second any second round pick i'm i'm moving him but the potential is most certainly there obviously sterling shepherd is probably the only long-term wide receiver there and we'll see what his health does but I think Slayton's done enough to to claim at least a somewhat of a role in this offense. And I feel like they like him or they wouldn't have rolled him out there without, you know, obviously all of the injuries they kind of have to do at need. But they're consistently using him as as the wide receiver one. And and Golden Tate obviously is is on the um, older and, you know, towards the end of his career. But Slayton has been has been honestly good. I I, I like what I see from him. I think he can be solid. I don't ever see him being an NFL one or a two, but he can be that big play guy that takes the top off the offense and and get a role there. So yeah, it's, it's, that's an interesting one. I, I think I'm with you on the valuation. I'm excited to hear any Saquon Barkley takes you might have, though. I mean, my, my Barkley takes would be, if anyone is panicking whatsoever, uh, you could pounce on that, jump on it. I'm not worried about... Barkley's talent. I'm not worried about the Giants offense. I think Daniel Jones is good enough. I don't think that Daniel Jones is ever going to be, you know, top 10 NFL quarterback, but you don't need that in order to be, you know, a top three, top four 
NFL fantasy running back. So I, I think Barkley's fine. I think that this may happen where he has a, a bad game or two, but I think that the 30 point games are going to be more frequent than the five point games. I don't know. It's, you know, without, without his receiving, which he's been relatively consistent with his receiving, obviously yardage is going to fluctuate, but as far as the, between the tackles portion, he's only got two touchdowns on the year. He's got what? 200 yard games. And one of them was in week one, which obviously looked great in uh, week two versus Buffalo. But then ever since he, he just, you know, obviously he did get injured, but he, he hasn't looked like Saquon. Uh, even catching the ball and, and getting him in space in the open field, aside from that one long um, receiving play he had, I think it was last week, maybe two weeks ago, uh, he, he just he hasn't looked like Saquon. And, and at this point, I'm taking McCaffrey. I'm taking Dalvin Cook. I, I think the conversation becomes... RB three between Alvin Kamara and Saquon Barkley. Now, does that, is it a huge fluctuation in his value? No, but it also means that he's probably viable. Like you said, I think you could go out and legitimately buy Saquon Barkley right now because of his lack of production. I mean, I'm going to go, because you just said that I'm going to take my Dalvin cook shares and offer him for Barkley right now. Cause I, I've long said, I like Dalvin cook as a talent, uh, but I mean, we're not talking about in partly because, you know, we just don't have he doesn't have the RB2 that Cook has. But like people are talking about Alexander Madison being an NFL, a good NFL running back. Nobody's talking about Wayne Gallman being a good NFL running back. So, I mean, that combined with the injury, I mean, I, I'm more concerned about Cook's injuries long term. And I just think Barkley is the, the better player as well. So thanks for that recommendation. Um, but other than that, yeah. I, we all we often talk about there's there's being a buy low and a buy opportunity and this might be more of a buy opportunity than a buy low. He went from an an you know it, it's dumb to say oh this guy's on my do not trade list but you know people have that like they might be willing to trade a player but it's gonna be like oh you're gonna trade me like eight times his value but th- this might turn into you know he's gonna be buyable for what his value is which is like three and a half first. Yeah, that's and that's pretty much pretty much all you can do, but you might even be able to sneak in a little bit lower of an offer or send somebody something of production. If this is a contender trying to make their way into the playoffs strong and, and bring points along with them because the points haven't exactly been there all that much with Saquon. So I don't know. It's, it's splitting hairs. <laughs> like you kind of said, but it's definitely interesting seeing, seeing the struggles with, with the offense doing okay. All right, let's move on to our next player, who is going to be the guy who's ha- who had a career game against San Bay Buccaneers. I think like every player ever has had a good career game <laughs> against the Buccaneers, uh, and that's Christian Kirk. Uh, Christian Kirk, six catches, 138 receiving yards, and three receiving touchdowns this past week. And this has kind of been a sneaky, sneaky good year for Kirk so far. He he's had over 10 targets in in four games so far. He's had at least five targets in every game this season, and I I think that's a little bit. Yes, I don't you don't see like another alpha receiver in the, in that wide receiver core for Arizona, but I don't think anyone expected them to have uh, with the way Kingsbury runs his offense. I don't think anybody was expecting them to have a guy that is a quote unquote wide receiver one or a guy that gets you know, a, a large share of the targets, but that's been the case for, for, 
Christian Kirk and that kind of, he took advantage of it this past week with, you know, the big game. So obviously now is not the time to go by Christian Kirk, but I, I think that he he's legit talent and he's showing to be a wide receiver one in an offense that we didn't see, expect to see a wide receiver one. Yeah. He's been on my buy list and, and coming out, I wasn't a huge Christian Kirk fan, obviously landing spot and now being paired with Kyler Murray has helped significantly, but he's also proven to be pretty damn good uh, in his own right. So we definitely can't take that away from him. You mentioned the the four double digit target games, which obviously is really nice at this point in the season. And like and, you said, and, and, and he missed a month, so right. He, he he did, yeah, he did miss three weeks, which you know when you're when you're getting the target share, that's that's what we have to we have to chase targets. That's that's where the points come from. So <clears throat> I do like Kirk, like you said, this isn't to buy opportunity unless folks are thinking of this as a sell opportunity because of the massive game. I don't think his price is going to be inflated. Uh, I still think you're going to be able to get him easily at market, which is nice. And you can't really be expecting three touchdown games or or even 138 yard games. But the targets are there. They're going to continue to be there. And we just hope for more consistent touchdown production rather than all at once. Um, he's basically matched his numbers from last year already. In and he, last year he played 12 games, and this year this is uh, this was his seventh game. So he's He's obviously, you know, continuing that upward trend and and playing a lot of snaps. And I mean, he's doing everything right. We just need some more consistency from him. And with a rookie quarterback, it's it's kind of hard to to really get that. But he's been good when he's been on the field, aside from maybe just a couple of games. Yeah, and I, I do think that obviously you have Isabella who, who uh, had a huge game, you know, the week before uh, with that big uh, catch. But I, I think that the development of, of Isabella and Butler and possibly any other guys they bring in won't hurt Kirk as much as, you know, they'll kind of uh, cannibalize each other. All right. Before we get into our final topic of the day, which is just going to be a Nathan special, the other Nathan, Nathan special is going to be our friends over at my bookie. Uh, my bookie is my bookie. So I want to talk to you guys about them. Football season, NBA, college basketball, all that good stuff. It's time to get off the sideline and get on the action with my bookie. If you're the kind of guy who likes to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. For instance, if you like a couple of big favorites this week, parlays are perfect because they let you bet multiple games together for a much bigger payout so if you're going to get going to bet this season do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag because no one gives you more ways to win tired of watching games from the couch with nothing to gain my bookie wants to get your mind off everything else and back on the game if you join right now my bookie will match your deposit halfway all the way up to one thousand dollars that means if you deposit twenty uh, two thousand dollars you get an extra one thousand dollars in free money to play with just use promo code rotoviz to activate the offer once again that's promo code rotoviz r-o-t-o-v-i-z to take advantage of my bookie's generous sign up offer visit mybookie.ag today while you're visiting my bookie, I'm going to visit my uh, closet, which, of course, has my uh, shrine to one Sam Darnold. We've we've had a bit of a rocky relationship uh, with the mono and the great game against Dallas and then the bad games against pretty much everybody else. And then I don't think this was as, as high on the spectrum as a good game as Dallas was, but this was another example of Sam Darnold looks very good against very bad teams. Uh, he had a very good game uh, through uh, through the air, also had a rushing touchdown as well. And 
I, I just think that, you know, he was hitting his receivers and, you know, just he was doing things he was not in the previous few weeks. So I, I know you aren't the biggest Sam Darnold fan. Do you think that this is just should, this should just be further proof to me that I can't start Sam Darnold if it's he's facing a team worth anything? Well, yeah, but let's also clear up that this still really wasn't a good game. He went 19 for 30 for 230 and a touchdown against the New York football Giants, Nathan. They are horrible. He didn't play bad, but he still wasn't good. And See, that, that's how bad he's been recently. My <laughs> for good is just all slanted. Like, if, he's, if he looks like half a competent quarterback, I'm like, this is the greatest game I've ever seen from a quarterback. <laughs> So, I mean, for reference, he went 27 to 39 for 260 and a touchdown, obviously through the interception two last week versus Miami, who, again, also terrible. And I don't know. He's too inconsistent for me. Obviously, the Jets aren't doing him any favors because they don't have the the pass catchers that they would need for any quarterback to be successful. The line's not there. They do have Le'Veon Bell, but he can only do so much, and he's been relatively underwhelming. So it's hard to say that that Darnold's in a positive environment, in a successful environment, because he's not. But you'd like to see him do more with what he has been given if if he's going to be that guy that makes everyone better around him and leads an offense. I haven't seen that guy. Even, you know, we, we have to go back to the Dallas game as the one game where he, he looked like an NFL quarterback. The rest of this season has been he's legitimately looked like a career backup and it, you know, it's tough. You don't want people to, to, you know, fail, but he's been bad and I don't see anything trending up. Um, I would say he's a full sell. If, if this game does anything for buyers and super flex leagues or one QB leagues or wherever you might have Sam Darnold, if, if this performance helps his value, He's on the move for me, without a doubt. Okay, so let's pose the question I posed for Gurley. Where would you have Sam Darnold in Superflex in rookie drafts in February? How many rookies get drafted? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's. <clears throat> I, I would take Tua. I would take uh, Burrow. I would take. No, I, I'm saying like what? What basically like how many rookies are gonna be drafted ahead of him in February? Is my question. The first two rounds, the depth, the depth in this class. You think class he's is a third deep. round pick in Superflex? Considering the depth, yeah. And you're probably going to add in a third, a third quarterback. You've got eight running backs. You've got ten wide receivers. Yeah, he's right on that. He's probably a late second. Well, if you, if anyone has Sam Darnold and wanted to give him to me for a late second, I will buy, 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 buy. Remember what <laughs> happened when you were doing that with Josh Rosen? Yeah, I don't want to talk. About that. <laughs> <laughs> all righty that should wrap up the show i gotta go finish uh, my school work and you should uh make sure to support our sponsors our friends at endochino harry's roman and my bookie use all of our promo codes get popping blue wire for the first three rotoviz for my bookie we'll talk to you guys next week kadoosh Perfect timing. Perfect timing. I hope that's them. It can't be them. She just said she was eating.
Dogs, it's not even her. <laughs> I'm going to earn that paycheck today, Justin. <laughs> I don't know what I'm What's <laughs> The best part is, is it's not even Nathan's technical difficulties. It's family difficulties. All right, here we go. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.